Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, Bills Mafia, and Josh Allen believers and haters, welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast, the only podcast that not only will give you a second interview with Bills rookie defensive end Mike Love, but also a preview of the all-important third preseason game. Now, if you haven't heard our first interview with Mike Love or are new to our podcast, I urge you to check it out and give it a listen. It was a couple of episodes ago. Um, He talks a lot about his family, his mother, growing up without a father and meeting him recently, and his second family, the Martinez's. Um, also overcoming injuries and getting his master's degree. I mean, there's a ton of stuff in there, a ton of uh, great information. He's a great guy to uh, find out about. But in this episode, I ask him more questions about what it's like inside the Bills locker room, how the coaching staff works as a whole, what drives Mike as the final weeks of training camp really wind down. And he shares a really inspiring story about his own friend, Mike, who is an inspiration and a fighter himself. After that, we are going to talk Bills Bengals preseason week three preview, where rookie quarterback Josh Allen has been named the starter. We'll discuss what we are going to look for in that game from the offense and the defense in arguably the most important preseason game of all. And of course, Andy Dalton's triumphant entrance to New Era Field. And with that, here's our interview with Mike. All right, he is an undrafted rookie defensive end for the Buffalo Bills out of the University of South Florida. He is about to play in his third preseason game as a Bill this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm joined for the second time on the podcast by Mike Love. Mike, it is great to have you on the podcast again. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It's great to have you on again. Um, So training camp St. John Fisher is over, but you've moved to New Era Field in Orchard Park for the rest of camp. Tell us what this journey has been like up to this point, and how do you feel? Uh, it's been a pretty uh, fast journey. You know, everything is going by fast. Uh, you got practice every day and stuff. We just broke camp a couple of days ago. And uh, it's just basically still been the same thing, same mentality, you know, being playoff caliber. And to be honest, I feel great. Uh, I love the defense, and... It's been a pretty good fit so far. 
So the last time we talked, you were finishing up OTAs and uh, on your way to training camp. What's the yeah. biggest difference that you've seen between then and now in practice? Uh, I mean, it's completely different because, you know, OTAs, uh, it's non-padded practices, so you're kind of limited to some things. But uh, once you got in training camp, you know, we put the pads on, you know, we finally got the hit and, you know, do uh, things like that. So it's been completely different, but uh, it's more fun in training camp, if I had to say. Do you think putting on the pads actually helps showcase different parts of your game? Oh, definitely, because, you know, without pads, you can't really uh, run through somebody or, uh, you know, you can't really show people you can hit and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a lot of tag off without pads. If you finally get the pads on, you can move around better, move faster without trying to hurt someone. And uh, it makes you move a lot faster. So it's a lot better to be in pads. Gotcha. Now, has the message from the coaching staff changed from OTAs to training camp? No, the message is still the same, you know, being playoff caliber and coming to, uh, you know, the job every day to work and get better as a player every day and just do the right things, you know, we respect the process. And so the message has been the same, you know, just come in and work and, you know, just showcase, you know, basically. Now, you mentioned before the podcast that you're studying up for, you have a game plan for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I know that obviously you've done a lot of studying, you have your master's degree. Um, but as far as, you know, camp has gone, what's the biggest challenge that you face day in and day out? Uh, I would say the biggest challenge is uh, just being consistent. You know, you want to be consistent in this league and you want to be consistent trying to make a team. So, uh, not really the challenge, but it's a challenge to myself to be consistent every day, you know? So, uh, that's one of the things I, uh, picked up being here is you got to be consistent every day and always got to come in ready to work and, uh, do the things that's necessary to, to help you succeed. So that's one of the biggest times that I took upon myself is to be consistent. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, a lot of, a lot was made of coach McDermott's first training camp last year when he brought players together and had them talk in front of the team and tell their own personal background story. Um, it allowed the players a chance to learn about one another and grow closer right. as a unit. Um, did he do right. it again this camp, and did you get a chance to tell your story? Uh, we actually done it uh, multiple times so far. Uh, he would call a couple players up in the team meeting, they would tell us their story, basically their why, you know, who they are and why, they're, why they are them and, uh, you know, basically they're why why they play football, which is, I think it's really good because that's how, you know, you build a team and help the teammates know each other. It's a great for bonding. And, you know, you want to know the man you're playing against inside out, you know, off the field as well. So I think it's a pretty good deal that he does that. He's continuing to do that. and uh, I don't see any, you know, signs of us stopping from doing that either. So we've done it a lot. So did you get a chance to tell your story? No, oh yeah, sorry, not yet, not oh, yet, not yet. not yet. He's been calling uh, some of that so far, so no rookies yet. Gotcha, okay, okay, just checking. Um, you know, I saw on your Instagram account a clip of you riding in your car with um, defensive tackle Harrison Phillips before the preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. Um, in general, yes. uh, who do you find yourself connecting with in the locker room on a personal uh, basis? Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I mean... My personality is pretty out there, so I kind of connect with everybody. I love everybody on the team, and 
they all know me and I I, I know them and uh, I, I connect with everybody. You know, we're all brothers and that's one thing about this uh, program, this organization is that, you know, we all are a big family. So I connect with pretty much everybody. Okay, great. Because uh, in saying that, I know Josh Allen is on the other side of the ball. So you may not interact with him a ton just being on the offense and you're on the defense, but he was just named the starter for this upcoming preseason game against the Bengals. Um, so what have you seen from him as a player, and how does he compare to other quarterbacks that you played alongside? Uh, I think he's a very calm player. He's very good. And uh, one thing I noticed about him that I like is when he's out there, he's very calm. You know, he's not panicking at all. And I think that's why he has a huge success is he knows the game plan and he just goes out there and, you know, does a great job executing the game plan. And you never really see a worry in his eyes or a panic. He's always calm. And, you know, you can tell he loves the game. And I think he's going to be a great player. That's great. Well, I know he is. I know he is. <laughs> Oh, great, great. That's good to hear for us as Bills fans. Um, but Josh has actually played with the first, the second, and third team defenses. So you faced him at one point or another in practice. Um, what's the hardest yeah. part of his game to defend against? Uh, you got to get to him quick because uh, he has a great arm. You know, he he makes his decisions very well. He doesn't make uh, mistakes. And so the, the thing about him and uh, when we play is you got to get to him quick and you got to make sure you uh, close out the lanes because, you know, he has the ability to run with his feet, which we all know. And so if you don't get to him quick and don't close out the lanes, he'll either throw the ball out really fast or he'll get out of there and run. So, you know, on a personal level, you've been getting a lot of attention from Buffalo and national media for your hard work in camp and preseason live action. Cover One did a great video breakdown of the impact you had in your first preseason game against the Panthers. Uh, Pro Football Focus gave you the highest grade of all Bills defenders in that game. Um, local media, such as Chris Paso from CBS Sports and Joe Biscali of WKBW, have really given you a lot of praise as of late. I mean, what keeps you driven through the long weeks and months of practice, diet, film prep, weightlifting, and everything else? Uh, just my wife, you know, my mom and stuff, and just what she's been through, what I've been through, you know, and just being an undrafted free agent, you know, you got to come to work every day and, uh, you know, perform at the highest level as you can. And just knowing that, you know, keeps me going and keeps me working hard because, you know, I'm undrafted. So, you know, I have the short straw, so I got to make sure every day that I come out and, you know, work hard and do great and be consistent. So that's what really keeps me going because I really want to make this team and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Now, you, you mentioned your why. Is that something that you've always had, or is that something that you've come across from Coach McDermott and the coaching staff? I've always had that, especially in college and stuff. Uh, and I think it's really smart for other players to have because you want to know why you're playing the game and why you do what you do, why you wake up every morning. And, you know, not just football. I think everyone should have it. Uh, it helps you, you know, you know, wake up with a purpose to want to do something positive in your life, you know. Absolutely. And that kind of, speaking on a positive vibe, you know, you recently posted on Instagram that you visited a gentleman by the name of Mike in Clearwater, Florida, and gave him, and you called him the real definition of a fighter. Could you talk about Mike, what he's dealt with, and how you came in contact with him? Uh, Mike is uh, one of my former high school teammates. He played uh, running back at our high school. Uh, one uh, One of the greatest kids I ever met, you know, Good kid, good, you know, uh, on the shoulders. He's always, uh, you know, 
doing the right thing. You know, he's never in trouble. Not really a hard-headed kid. And uh, I had the chance to play with him in uh, high school for three years. He came from Clearwater High to our school. And so I've been cool with him ever since, even after high school when I went to college. He went to, uh, I want to say it was a D2 in California. And uh, he uh, played football there. And that's all he wanted to do. He always wanted to play football. And that was his dream. That was all of our dreams, uh, was to play in the NFL. And what had happened was when he went to California to play, uh, he went to a party. And uh, after the party, him and his friends came in contact with some people and words were exchanged. And then they, uh, most of the kids that he was with got away. And he didn't get away, and he ended up getting in a fight with them, and he got jumped, and they beat him into a coma. So uh, after they did that, uh, the doctor said that, you know, he was basically pronounced brain dead. They wanted to pull the plug. But his mom, Cherie, she's a great woman. Uh, I know her really well. Uh, she told them that, he's a, you know, he's a fighter, and he'll be all right. Uh, we're not going to pull the plug and on the, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be wrong, but I don't know exactly what day, but he ended up waking up uh, when they said that he wasn't. And he woke up, and he's been recovering ever since. He, uh, We raised enough money, uh, the whole city of Clearwater raised enough money to get him from California to Florida because, you know, he couldn't get on, like, a, a regular airplane because of the medical attention that he needed. Uh -huh. He needed a special plane. So we had they, they raised a whole enough money to get him on a special plane to get him back to Clearwater, which was huge and one of the, the, a great moment, you know, to get him back home where he belongs. So he's been recovering ever since. He's doing a great job. I mean, I remember the first time I went and saw him, you know, I was hurt, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't really talking. And, you know, he, he knew you were there. He understood everything, but uh, he really couldn't uh, speak and stuff. And I recently seen him literally like a couple of days before I left. I wanted to make sure I go and see him seen him twice when I was home and uh before I left you know he was there and he was I gave him a bill shirt and we were uh talking and stuff he's still he's still fighting and that's why I call him a fighter because you know what he's been through he still has the same smile on his face and he's still you know fighting trying to recover and uh, I think he's gonna do a great job with recovery you know it just takes time and uh the way he's fighting right now it looks like it's gonna be sooner than later you know and He's speaking now, you know, it's, it's still hard to understand him, but he's doing real good with it. You know, he laughs, he smiles, and he does a lot of things that, you know, people wouldn't expect coming out of the situation he came out. So that's why I call him a fighter because he's still being the same guy that he was before the situation. Wow, I, I really appreciate you telling that story, Mike. Um, and I guess, you know, the last, last question I have for you um, for this podcast is the next few weeks – could define your career in the NFL and the rest of your life in one shape or another. How do you approach these final weeks before the season starts? And how do you just uh, keep the, pressing through just to the end? Uh, basically just the same way I've been doing, you know, working hard, studying and, uh, you know, coming to work every day with a smile on my face, ready to be better and just be, you know, become a better player every day. You know, just anything I need to work on, just, you know, work on it and uh, create new tendencies to do, you know, new tendencies to get better, uh, you know, learning more techniques and just basically the same approach that I had in training camp. And, you know, nothing's changing, man. I'm still working, you know, still grinding. And so I'm going to continue to do. Mike, you're not on Twitter, but you're on Instagram. Uh, where can Bill's fans yeah. find you? 
Uh, Mike Love underscore 98. Thanks. Uh, he is Mike Love, Bill's rookie defensive end out of the University of South Florida. Mike, I truly thank you again for taking the time again to come on the podcast and talk with me. Um, and we really, we hope we're rooting for you, man. And we're hoping to see you at New Era Field for week one. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Even though week one, we'll be in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew that. I was just testing you. See, I can tell you're studying. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, man. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into the Bills-Bengals preseason game preview, are you guys all ready for the season to start? It's just a couple weeks away. And what better way than to grab some awesome Bills gear that's not stupidly overpriced and actually goes to a good cause? Check out tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Now, ctwpod is just like our Twitter handle, Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod. On this website, our podcast has created several different Bills-themed graphics that come on any color or size t-shirt, hoodie, coffee mug, cell phone case, wall art, travel bag, or whatever. All right, our pieces include the popular Trust the Process, Bills Head Coach logo, um, the Bills Hall of Famers banner, our always popular Circling the Wagons podcast logo, and the end of the drought chart so that you can relive the moment that the 17-year bleeping playoff drought ended. And it's just in time for Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd to come to Buffalo. So show off your Bills fan pride with your friends and family before the season starts. And remember, we donate a portion of all proceeds to Hunter's Hope, Jim Kelly's charity to help newborn screening. Again, that's tpublic.com. That's Thomas Edward Edward, public.com, slash stores, slash ctwpod. So here are some of the things that we're going to look for at the Bills-Bengals game this Sunday at 4 p.m. in Buffalo at New Era Field. Um, First things first is this is preseason game number three, which is the most important one because historically, it's the one where the starters play the longest, which means Josh Allen will be with the ones the longest. He's going to be with the first team offensive line the longest. He's going to be with the first team wide receivers the longest. Um, so you're also going to see a lot of things like who is going to be the starting center. Is it going to be Russell Bodine or is it going to be Ryan Groy? Um, we're going to see who the starting wide receivers are. Is Corey Coleman going to take any time with the ones? Is it going to be Kelvin Benjamin and Rod Streeter? Zay Jones, is Zay Jones going to take the field? So there's going to be a lot of interesting things we're going to see with the ones. We're going to get a good chance to actually take a look at the defense. Um, I want to see one thing specifically I want to see from the defense is a pass rush. There just really hasn't been one so far this preseason. Now the first team off defense hasn't played a ton. So there hasn't been a whole lot of chance to see a pass rush and Cleveland pretty much ran all over the bills that second game. So um, there wasn't a chance there. So I really want to see that last year. They were tied for third last in the league in sacks. So really, I kind of want to see some sort of pass rush, some pressure on Andy Dalton, and we'll get to that Andy Dalton in a minute. But defensively also, I want to see Tremaine Edmonds make a great play. I mean, whoever thought when Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds were both drafted, I mean, they're both pretty raw prospects. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds only because he was a lot younger 
Um, he was only 19 when he was drafted, so he didn't have a ton of tar- starting experience. But he had the size and the speed and the instinct. And then with Josh Allen, Josh Allen was just raw. I mean, he just didn't come from uh, a league where there was a ton of competition. He didn't have um, NFL-style talent around him. Um, so, But whoever thought that Josh Allen would be making more news so far than Tremaine Edmonds? I mean, everything we heard from Tremaine Edmonds coming out of camp was that he was making plays all the time, and he was really doing well. So I want to see him make a play. I want to see the linebackers in general make a play while, you know, stopping the opposing run offense. Last week, the defensive line and linebackers had a really poor showing. The cornerbacks and safeties bailed them out a bunch by making some tackles. And when they couldn't, you know, the the linebackers, I mean, specifically Tremaine Edmonds bit on a lot of bad motion um, and just he just looked out of place. He looked like a rookie, basically, and we know he's going to look like that. I just want to see one play where you're just like, that's our guy. That's our middle linebacker. That's our franchise guy for the foreseeable future. So I want to see the O-line protection for Josh Allen. I want to see them give him a little bit more time than they gave Alex McCarron last week. Um, or A.J. McCarron. Jeez, what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> Alex McCarron. A.J. McCarron. Um, so I want to see him uh, get a little bit more time. Obviously, we want to see Josh Allen play. I mean, this is going to be huge because f- right now you would think he's going to be the starter week one. But let's say Josh Allen doesn't have a great game. Let's say he doesn't play as well as we hope. Or, or not even just mediocre. Let's say he has an A.J. McCarron-like game. The, you know, the kind of game that A.J. McCarron had last weekend. Let's say that AJ Mc, or that um, Josh Allen has that game this week. You know, maybe he doesn't get the start week one. Maybe it's Nate Peterman that does. So that's one of the things I'm going to be looking for. Um, I posted this on Reddit to kind of get some comments from the Reddit community. Um, and so uh, Blue Hydrangea 28 wrote, one thing he's looking for is the Bills need... Um, The defense needs to stuff the run game, which I agree with completely. Both quarterbacks need to show continued progress, of course. The wide receivers need to take a step forward, agreed. The O-line needs to open holes consistently in the run game and buy time for the passing game. Because last week, um, besides Marcus Murphy with the second against the second-team defense, I mean, LaShawn McCoy really couldn't get anything going. So it would be nice to see the first-team O-line do that. Um, and the, and the linebackers need, he said the linebackers need to show up. And which I agree with completely. We really need to see the linebackers show something, anything. J J J D seven seven three three wrote. He agrees with that Josh Allen response. Um, McDermott said that he was looking for Peterman to elevate the threes in the last preseason game. So I will be looking to see how the wide receiver wide receiver group looks with Josh with the ones to see if he elevates their game more than Peterman or AJ has. And that's a really great point. I mean, up until then, Josh Allen really hasn't played um, a ton with the ones. Let's see how he does with Kelvin Benjamin. Let's see if Benjamin, if his game steps up, because that's what happens. Good quarterbacks bring up the play of everyone around them. So let's see how this first-team offense can look. Um, And then Bids99 wrote, It pretty much starts and ends with Allen. I want to see him play well enough that I'm livid when McDermott starts Peterman week one which is kind of a funny statement. I don't necessarily know if McDermott's going to start Peterman week one. I think that that that's an issue all in itself. Um, I am of the 
opinion if you heard our last podcast where we discussed the Bills-Panthers game and kind of gave our thoughts and a recap. Um, I personally believe that Josh Allen should sit as long as possible for a few reasons. Um, the first of all is that he's a very raw prospect. He was an extremely raw prospect coming out of Wyoming. You know, it wasn't a big conference. He didn't have a ton of great stats to put up in that conference. So the guy has all of the athletic ability. He has the size. He has the arm strength. He has so-so accuracy. You know, he has. he's not like one of those guys that just is always off. He, sometimes he's on, and then sometimes he's completely off. He's, he's like hot or cold. It's like there's no middle ground. So I, I've never heard personally of a story where a quarterback sat too long and it just ruined his career. Whereas you always hear stories of guys like David Carr, who people think would have had a better chance and could have easily succeeded had he not been thrown in so early with a garbage offensive line at the Houston Texans. So this season, I mean, look at that. I mean, just in saying that the Bills don't have a ton of talent for weapons in the receiving in the receiving game. I mean, Calvin Benjamin is their number one. And I don't know if Calvin Benjamin is a number one on a lot of teams. So there's that. Um, there's also the offensive line. We lost a lot of good players this offseason in Cordy Glenn, um, obviously being traded. The Bills think Deion Dawkins can take over for him, whatever. And then we lost Incognito, which I'm not going to get into in this podcast, but it sounds like he's dealing with some very serious mental health issues. And then, of course, there's you know Eric Wood, who had a sudden retirement we weren't planning. So you're talking, you know, two third or two fifths of your line and minimum, if you don't count Cordy Glenn, that's gone, that was playing an above average level that we're not going to have this season. So, um, and then the third factor that's really gets me is that the Bills have a super tough schedule. The first three games, I mean, the first three games, they play Baltimore, who has a great defense. Um, They play the Minnesota Vikings, or no, I'm sorry, they play the Chargers at home in the second game, which, as we saw last year with the Chargers pass rush, I mean, that's going to be a tough game. And then the third game is the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you're talking three, it's a murderer's row of defensive, pass rushing, coverage. Uh, This is going to be three tough games. And if it was up to me, if Josh Allen is going to sit, I mean, sit the first eight games until the the season really starts to open up and look a lot better in the second half. So those are things that we're looking for, things that the Reddit community, Bills fans are looking for. And, uh, and, And the last thing I'm going to say, and I wrote this on Reddit too, and a lot of people chimed in, was I want to see a standing ovation for Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd when they take the field at uh, New Era Field on uh, on Sunday. Because, I mean, let's let's just think about that. I mean, we get to relive that moment where the drought ended again. And I'm sure they're going to play it on the big screen. If you guys are at the stadium, please tweet us or, um, you know, just email us. Let us know what that experience is like because I'm sure it's going to be pretty cool. And, you know, I'm actually going to be surprised if they don't show it on the televised version, which I'm going to watch. Um, I mean, but just just let's relive it for a moment, okay? That game that the Bengals were playing against with the Baltimore Ravens meant absolutely nothing to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they had nothing to play for. They definitely weren't making the playoffs. And that game meant everything to the Ravens. That They win that game, they go to the playoffs. doesn't matter what the Bills do. doesn't matter what anyone else does. They get into the playoffs. 
And Andy Dalton makes an amazing throw. Now, Andy Dalton, in general, I'm sure you guys know, has never been accused of being clutch, ever, in his career. In fact, he's really been accused of his own fan base and, and the national media as being the exact opposite. I mean, the guy's never won a playoff game. So people constantly question him and Marvin Lewis. Are these the right guys? I mean, Dalton's been there, what, I believe seven years now and still hasn't won a playoff game, even though they've made the playoffs almost every season. So uh, here's a guy who's never been accused of being clutch, has nothing to play for, and just slings the ball right to, to Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd catches the ball, not only just you know evades tacklers, but gets into the end zone to score the touchdown in a game that meant nothing for the Bengals. I mean, it's just amazing to think that that's what had to happen for the Bills to make the playoffs. So I'm excited to see that, I mean, Andy Dalton's a great guy, and and I'm going to play a clip of the Bengals media asking him questions in his return. And he was, you won't be able to tell from the audio, but the guy's smiling. I mean, you can tell he knows that the Bills fans love him, and he appreciates them. Why is it important for you and your wife to do what you're doing this Sunday? Yeah, Buffalo has given so much to us and to our foundation, um, you know, at the end of last year and uh, beginning of this year. So uh, we're very appreciative of everything that uh, we received from them. Uh, we had over 17,000 donors and raised over $450,000 from uh, that can be traced back to Buffalo. And so um, we're very thankful. So for us, we feel like it's a, you know, a good opportunity for us to give back to them and just to say thank you for uh, how generous they were to us. From from people from Buffalo, do people still stop you or you know send you social media things? I feel like if I go anywhere and there's somebody from Buffalo, they're going to make sure and come up and tell me that they're a Bills fan or they're from Buffalo yeah. or have some kind of tie to Buffalo. And so um, that that, ha- that hasn't gone away since since the play happened. You still enjoy it? Is it fun? Yeah, I mean, obviously it is fun, and it's really cool to uh, and crazy that it's a completely different fan base that. Uh, you know, has a lot of love for uh, for me and obviously for Tyler too, who, who made the run after catch and the touchdown. But um, yeah, it's kind of just a, a crazy thing that happened. You expect a standing ovation from the Buffalo fans on Sunday? <laughs> we'll see. You know, I think it's one of those things that uh, if you look at uh, looking at social media, I, I think there could be a pretty good ovation. You uh, you probably you know with the quarterback issues they have. I've heard that. I've heard I should run for mayor. I've heard that I never have to pay for anything in Buffalo, and so I don't know. We'll see. You can test that theory on uh, Saturday night. You gonna test? Yeah, that I may have to put it out there, try to see what, what's the best wing spot to yeah. go to, and uh, belly full of wings. yeah, have uh, see, see how many people would show up. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this episode. I want to thank friend of the podcast, Bill's rookie defensive end, Mike Love, again for coming on. Follow him on Instagram at MikeLove underscore 98. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, please subscribe and tell a buddy of yours about the podcast. Give us a rating on iTunes if you could, and feel free to reach out to us at any time. Um, it's going to be a great weekend of football. There's going to be a lot for us to discuss after this next game, and we'll all be paying attention closely. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll see you all again soon. You know what? Screw it. Let's do it once more for old time's sake with the Red Rifle coming to Buffalo. Green for sure will be doubled at the bottom of the screen. Ravens trying to end it here. Fourth down. Dalton steps up. Dalton throws. It's complete. Caught by Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Touchdown.
Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, be sure to check out our tpublic.com store. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.